0: Jesus is Lord. My name is Abraham Sarker. Very often people call me Abraham Sucker. God has given me a passion. My passion today is that the church in America and around the world would receive a vision for Muslim evangelism. As I share my vision and my passion with people, very often I hear People ask me these questions. They ask me, what is Islam? Who are Muslims? And who was Muhammad? So let me clarify these three words for you. Islam is a name of a religion. Muslims are the people who follow this religion called Islam. And Muhammad was the founder of that faith. Today, friends, we have 1.6 billion Muslims in the world. Do you know, nearly 10 million Muslims right here in America. But yet, we have only one evangelical Christian missionary for every half a million Muslims. Sometime, I ponder, how could one missionary share the gospel of Jesus Christ with half a million Muslims? Once I was speaking at a a church... After the service, a guy came up to me and said, Abraham, it seems like you have an accent. That really surprised me. So I said, oh, sir, if you think I have an accent, I believe I got that from Texas. So while I was here in Texas going to school at Dallas Baptist University, I met my wife Amy. She's here with me. Amy, would you please stand just for a minute? Ah, thank you. God surely, surely smiled upon me when I met her. Now, so when I met her, I said, Amy, you know, in our country, we have arranged marriages. It means that and we don't have dating system in our country. So now in America, I was introduced to the dating system, and I am very confused. <laughs> I said, I don't want to date you. I'd like to court you. But for me, uh, just, uh, I need your permission to go to your parents first. So she thought for several weeks, and then she gave me the permission. So I was front of her parents, and they were very kind and nice to me. And then a few months later, I was in front of them again. And this time I told them that I am ready to ask their daughter Amy to marry me and I am in love with their daughter. So as I I was sharing that with them and uh, I looked at her mother, she was smiling at me. But I looked at her father, he was staring at me. (laughs) And then he said, you know, I am very protective of my daughters. I have several engineers work worked for me, and they were from the Middle East, and they were Muslims. And I heard they beat their wives. My question is, are you going to beat my daughter Amy? I said, sir, that's a very good question. He said, you know, my father was an Islamic leader, but I have never heard my father yelled at my mother said, I could assure you that I'm not going to beat your daughter, Amy. But I do have a question for you. Can Amy beat me? (laughs) We have been married about 10 years now. And she is back at DBE as a professor. And uh, we we have a ministry called Gospel for Muslims. We both have a heart to reach uh, the Muslim people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wrote a book called Understand My Muslim People. I'd like to give this to somebody. A young man right here. So I hope that this will be a blessing to you. And as I go on today, I also want to thank Pastor Ron for having me here. And uh, I want to give this time to the Lord as we go on. Would you all uh, pray with me? Father, I thank you and I praise you that you brought me here today. Lord Jesus, I ask that you will help me to speak simply and clearly under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I love you and I praise your wonderful name. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sins and our sins. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Today if you Google Islam. You will find that Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. You will hear CNN will tell you that Islam is the fastest growing faith in the world. And I find that's not quite true. Islam is the fastest growing religion because of the birth rate among Muslims are very high all over the world. But when you consider the conversion rate, Christianity is the fastest growing religion in the world. There are more Muslims coming to know Christ than ever before in the history. Muslims are having dreams and visions and Jesus is appearing to them and it's just incredible what's going on today in the Muslim world. God loves Muslims, and then He is reaching out to them. Today my message is, the gospel changes lives. Do you agree with that? The gospel changes lives. Now, what is the gospel that changes lives? You know, there are many gospels out there. Those are false gospels. The very first time that I came and I read this verse in Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse six. Through eight. When I read that passage, I was just could not believe myself that what I was reading, I saw the passion of Apostle Paul. He was defending the gospel. In defending the gospel, he is saying there is only one gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 8, That if you look at it, it said, Paul said, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. And I was thinking that when I was a Muslim, I learned that Muhammad, one day my prophet, was praying in the cave in Mecca. And an angel appeared to him and gave him the message. But these words were, were spoken to Christians and given to you and me and to the Christians before Muhammad was born. Isn't that interesting? That God was warning Christians. Look, there might be a guy named Muhammad one day will come to you and will tell you that an angel appeared to me and gave me a message. That is not the gospel. It could be Muhammad in Saudi Arabia or Joseph Smith. In New York City. It is not the gospel for you and I should listen to. So there is only one gospel. The gospel of Christ. The definition that I have found of the gospel is this. That Jesus Christ is the son of God. Who came on this earth. Lived among us. Did his ministry among us. And he died on the cross for our sins. And he was buried and rose again. Now this is the gospel of Christ. And this gospel changes lives. I was born into a very devout Muslim home in Bangladesh. Uh, My parents were very, very devout. My father was an Islamic leader, my mom was an Islamic school teacher. And uh, when I was a seven-year-old boy, I remember, my parents came to me, and then they said, son, age seven is the age of accountability. In our faith, it means that this point on, our God, Allah, will not forgive your sins. So, now on, you have to pray five times a day, and you have to fast in the month of Ramadan, and you have to follow the tenets of Islam. And they explained to me that I, had to pray, I, I need to pray five times a day, before sunrise, at noon in the afternoon, right after sunset, and before I go to bed. And I have to fast in the month of Ramadan from sunrise to sunset. I could not eat or drink anything. Now, in that very young age, I remember, my father was dragging me to the mosque when I was only seven. And 4.30 in the morning. And when I was 13 years old, they, they asked me to join with this Islamic organization in my country called Jamati Islam. And this organization started it at Al-Azhar University in Cairo. And they are now all over the world. Their goal is to take the message of Islam all over the world. This is a giant mission organization and funded by all those Muslim countries around the world. So when I joined with this organization, they immediately trained me to be an Islamic leader in that very young age. They took me to the villages, to the tribal peoples, to the cities in my country to share the message of Islam. And in that very young age, they taught me how to give prayer calls, Five times a day. And they assigned me to give, uh, give those prayer calls. Five times a day I would climb up to the minaret. A tall tower front of the mosque. And then I would say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allah is great. Allah is great. Four thirty in the morning I'd climb up to that minaret. And then I would say, Ashalatukairam minannam. Prayer is better than sleep. Allah, Salah come for prayer. People would gather and would pray in the mosque. Two years after I joined this organization, I was 15 years old. One day, I was sitting in this huge mosque and I was thinking, God, I have done everything I know to do. If I die today, I know that you will be very happy with me. And I was telling God that today, Allah, I am telling you from my heart that I am ready to die for you. I am ready to die for my faith, Islam. And as I was uh, feeling very good about myself, and I was thinking that I have done everything just right, in that year... Age 15, suddenly something happened to me. One night, I had a dream. My dream was that I had died, and I faced God. When I faced Him, He put me into a lake of fire. All I saw in my dream, the fire all around me, and my body was burning. And I felt the pain, and I started screaming. When I opened my eyes and I saw my parents were standing beside my bed. And they were wondering why I was screaming so loud. I told them about my dream. The terrible dream that I had. My parents assured me that that dream was not from God. That dream was not from Allah. It was from Satan. Satan is trying to give me that dream. Satan is trying to disturb me. Because I am a good Muslim. But that answer did not satisfy my heart. For some reason. I knew something was not quite right. Second time I had the same dream. Third time I had the same identical dream. That I had died and I faced God. And he put me into that lake of fire. Again my body was burning. I felt pain and I was screaming. After third time I had the dream. I did not know what to do. What would you do if you had a dream like that three times? I went to the mosque, put my head on the ground. I said, God, please help me to understand my dream. What does it mean if I die today, are you going to put me into that lake of fire? I know that is hell and I don't want to go there. I want to go to heaven. And I remember praying all night long, I'll get tired I'll walk on the corridor of the mosque and come back inside on my prayer rug and I'll do this over and over again all night long. I saw the clock. It's about 4.30 in the morning. At that time I should give the prayer call. I was so sad. I sat down and I was thinking if I give the prayer call this whole mosque will be filled with people. And I sat there and I was, I raised my hands like this, and I started crying. I said, God, why didn't you speak to me? Please help me to understand my dream. As I was crying to God, suddenly I felt that something was falling all over me. Like I was outside in the rain. The raindrops were falling all over me. And I opened my eyes and I saw those drops and I rubbed it. It felt like oil. Such a sweet fragrance. The whole mosque was filled with that fragrance. Now as a Muslim, I did not understand what it meant. But something happened to me inside of my heart. My heart was filled with peace, overwhelming peace. All of my agony and all of my frustration left me. Just peace came over me. I can't explain to anybody that peace. One day I was coming from the mosque and going to my home. And suddenly I heard an audible voice. Audible voice that said, Go and get a Bible. Now, as a Muslim, I was taught that Bible is corrupted. I should not be even touching a Bible. But because of that voice... A desire came into my heart. So now I was looking for a Bible for four years in my country. Four years. I have never met a Christian like you. Never saw a church. And could not find a Bible. Four years later, they decided to send me to America. So from that organization. As I was coming here in America as a Muslim missionary. And to join with other missionaries here in America. And uh, my... Mom was not very happy about it. So she took me aside at the airport. And I remember very clearly, my mom said, Son, I'm a little bit disappointed that you're going to America because people in America, they eat pork and they drink alcohol. So she was very concerned about that. And then she told me that you must remember, American people also put pork in their cookies. Now, I did not like that. So now she was telling me that don't eat pork, do not drink alcohol, and stay away from cookies. So while with that knowledge, I came to Seattle airport, and I was very hungry. I wanted to eat something, and I was thinking about what my mom told me, and whatever she tells me is very important to me. And as I was standing there and thinking about all of that, do not eat pork and no alcohol, and then stay away from cookies, So, as I was thinking about this, and suddenly I saw a big sign beside me. It said, special, hot dogs, $1.99. Now, the price was pretty good, but then I was thinking, my mom forgot to mention to me that American people also eat dogs. (laughs) Now, now that took my appetite away, and I could not eat anything, literally did not eat anything at the Seattle airport. So, when I was in Orlando, Florida, and I was getting trained there, and I was... Could, I could not forget uh, that voice about the Bible. And it, is, it was growing inside of me. The desire was growing every day. And this huge desire inside of me for the Bible, I don't understand it. As a Muslim, that I should not be even touching a Bible. But one day I went to a university library... And then there was a young lady working at the front desk. And I asked her if she could help me to find a Bible in the library. And she looked at me. And she said, Sir, if you go to this place, they will give you a Bible. I believe without any, uh, any doubt in my heart that that young lady was a Christian. And she led me to this place called uh, an organization on campus. And I went over there. And I saw a Bible in my own Bengali language sitting right there on the shelf. I looked at my vernacular language, I grabbed it, and started reading it. And that was the Bible, the translation of William Carey, the first missionary, came to us. and. He saw, the BSM director saw the excitement in me. He said that I could have the Bible, so I took it with me, and I started reading. As I started in Genesis, and I found out a lot of the stories that I know, because uh, in, in the Quran, 75% of what I read is coming from your Bible. And then when I went to the New Testament, this is where I read this verse. is Mark 12, 29, that touched my heart. It's Jesus said, Shama? Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Here Israel, the Lord our God is one. I was thinking that when I was in Islamic schools, in madrasas, they taught me that you Christians worship three gods. Father, mother, and the son. It's in the Quran. And I was thinking that the Christians worship so three gods, but Jesus is saying there is only one God. So then I took a piece of paper, and I put Muhammad and Jesus in the, in the piece of paper. I was comparing Jesus and Muhammad. He said, I as a Muslim was passionate about one God. And Jesus said, there is only one God. What's the difference between Jesus and Muhammad? I saw that Jesus was born without a human father, but Muhammad had a father named Abdullah. Jesus did many miracles, but Muhammad never did a miracle. I saw that Jesus was sinless, according to the Quran, but uh, Muhammad sinned. It is in the Quran that Muhammad sinned. And I saw that Jesus died and God took him to heaven, but Muhammad died and he is still in his grave in Medina, Saudi Arabia. I said, God, I am so confused. I see very clearly that Jesus is much greater than Muhammad. If that is so, whom should I follow? I took uh, my Bible and my Quran and I said, God, please lead me to the right direction. Should I follow Jesus? Isa, to go to Eve. Or should I follow Muhammad? To go to Eve. Whom should I follow? I prayed like that for many days. As I was praying like that many days. One day I met a man. His name was Peter. Peter was 73 years old. In a very young age, God called him to bring the good news to Muslims. And this man knew how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with me. And he shared with me that how Jesus is much greater than Muhammad. I told Peter, I said, Peter, I'm very interested. What, what else do you know about Jesus? Please tell me. As he was explaining to me that how Jesus is the son of God who came on this earth and lived among us, did his ministry among us. He shared with me that Abraham, you can know God personally. And I was thinking, I could never know God. As a Muslim, I see God is out there and I am here, I cannot touch him, I cannot know him, He's aloof from man and he is capricious. I cannot know God. But Peter was telling me, Yes, I can. Jesus came and lived among us. I can know God personally. Deep inside, in my heart, my friends, as a Muslim, I was longing to know God. I was longing longing to know God. It was a good news to me that I could know Him. Second thing he shared with me, that Jesus loves me unconditionally. God loves me unconditionally. You see, i never heard this before. I knew Allah may like me if I do all those things He asked me to do. Only then He may like me. But I never heard that God loves me unconditionally. And then Peter shared with me that how I could have the assurance of my salvation. You see... As a Muslim, I knew that I had to save myself doing good works. I could never have a savior. Muhammad was not the savior. I remember that when I was very young, my parents came up to me one day and said, Son, you must remember, you have to save yourself by doing good works. We don't have a savior. Muhammad is not a savior. You have to do good works to save yourself. But you need a guide. That guide is the Quran, and here is that Quran. So I knew that I could never have a Savior. Peter shared with me that Jesus is the Savior. He came to save me. And then he shared with me that when Jesus died on the cross, there were two thieves. One of them said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said with his amazing grace, Today you will be in paradise with me. And Peter shared with me that guy, that thief, did not have any time to pray five times a day or fast in the month of Ramadan or to go or to go to Mecca to do a pilgrimage. He had only a few seconds. But as soon as he realized who Jesus was, acknowledged him, Jesus said, Today you will be in paradise with me. It means that he knew his last breath here on this earth will be his first breath in heaven. As Peter shared with me The gospel of Jesus Christ. That how he came on this earth. Lived among us. Did his ministry among us. And then he died on the cross for our sins. And he was buried and rose again. That gospel touched my heart. I saw that after that Peter was asking me. If I would accept Jesus. He said would you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And I said Peter I can't do that. You know I am a Muslim missionary. And he will put his head down. And he will ask me the same question again. I would tell Peter. Peter, do you understand that I will lose everything? I cannot do this. I cannot become a Christian. I cannot accept Jesus. And then he will put his head down again. I did not know what he was doing. So I will stare at him. Just follow me. And then he will again ask me the same question. I told Peter, I said, Peter, do you understand it is illegal for me to become a Christian? I cannot accept Jesus Christ and become a Christian. I cannot do this. And then again, he will put his head down and he will look at me and ask me the same question. And I was thinking, this guy is the most stubborn man I have ever met in my life. He would not give up. As he was asking, something was going on inside of me. Suddenly, I was thinking that I was a very devout Muslim from a very young age, age 7. And age 13, I joined with the Islamic organization. Age 15, that when I was convinced to give my life for Islam, I was ready to die for my faith. And then suddenly, I had that dream. That I had died and I faced God. He put me into that lake of fire. I knew that was hell. My whole body was burning. Three times I had that dream. After the third time I went to the mosque. And was praying. And I said God please help me to understand my dream. And then suddenly the drops of oil fell over me. And what an amazing peace that came over my heart. And then one day I was coming from the mosque. And going to my home. And suddenly... I heard that audible voice said, go and get a Bible. And then I came to America, found a Bible. Reading the Bible, I realized who Jesus Christ is. And I took the Bible and the Quran and I said, God, please lead me to the right direction. And I felt that Peter was leading me to that direction. As soon as Peter asked me again, I said, yes, Peter, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And uh, he led me to Christ. That day. It was April fourteenth, nineteen ninety two. Right after that my friends were very, very angry. One night they came where I was living and they grabbed me, started beating me. And then after that they took me to their van and they started beating me. I thought this is it. They were gonna kill me tonight. I asked God to save me. I just prayed all the way. And then uh, after that, end of that night, they did not kill me. They threw me beside the, on a service road. I came into my place where I was at. Uh, I said, I rededicated my life to God. I said, God, you gave me another chance to live. What do you want me to do with my life? And then I said, God, I need my passport. They took my passport also. And then a week later, a guy found my passport on the highway, brought, brought it to me. And as soon as I grabbed my passport, held it on my hand, in my hand, I knew at that very moment that I found a living God. I found a living God. And he heard my prayers. After that, I came to uh, Dallas to go to Bible College. While I was here, my parents completely disowned me. My my family was so angry. My brother said, if I see you, uh, I'll kill him." And then I got this letter that my father signed and uh, my mother signed saying that they completely disowned me. It was a very difficult time. I was in the prayer room and uh, praying. And I was asking God to help me in this time. And I came to this verse. It's Luke 14, verse 25. Large crowds were following Jesus, started traveling with him. Suddenly he turned around and he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate me, is loveless, his father. Mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. I felt at that time that I was in that crowd. Jesus was looking at me and he was telling me that if I want to follow him, I have to love less my dear mother. If I want to follow him, I have to love less my father, my brothers my sister, even my own life, to follow Jesus' The gospel. The gospel was free to me, but it cost me everything to follow Jesus Christ. Friends, the gospel changes lives. I was a Muslim, but the gospel of Jesus Christ had changed my life. I believe this gospel has the power to change the lives of others. So I was sharing the gospel with my brothers and my families. My brother gave his life to Jesus Four years later. My second brother followed. My father did not talk with me for 11 years. 11 years later that my father opened his heart and he wanted me to come and see him. When I was there, I shared the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with my father. He was a Muslim leader when he heard all this that I shared with him, that what Peter shared with me. And as I shared with him, gave him that example of the thief on the cross, my father nailed down and he said, I want to have the assurance of my salvation. And he, too, gave his life to Jesus. The gospel changes lives. Today, all over the world, Muslims Are longing to hear the truth. About four years ago my mom gave her life to Jesus. Today I am back in those villages where I shared the message of Islam one day. Today I'm bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to them. Just I just got back about couple of weeks ago from those villages. One of the villages I tell you that what God is doing all over the world today because he god loves muslims and he wants he wants each and every one of them would have an opportunity have an opportunity to share the gospel uh, to hear the gospel of jesus christ i was in this village and then as we were sharing the good news of jesus christ and then we asked them how could we pray for you these villagers are asking us to pray for rain Pray for rain. For four months, we don't have any rain. This is very unusual. This is the season when we are growing rice. We need lots of rain. Our fields are all dry. And we prayed all day for rain. Friends, there are no sign of rain. When we arrived there in that village, before we left, it was pouring down rain. You serve. I serve a mighty God. a living God. Out of that, 34 people gave their life to Christ said, We want to follow your God. And one day, we are in another village. A lady came up to us see, and she said, I had a dream about that man. He was an American, white man. He, she had never seen, uh, seen him before. said, This man has a message for me. What is it? And as he was sharing the gospel with this family, The entire family gave their life to Jesus. This is what's going on today. God loves Muslims. And he wants every one of them to hear the good news. The gospel changes lives. I was a Muslim. The gospel of Jesus Christ had changed my life. This gospel has the power to change the lives of 1.6 billion Muslims in the world and nearly 10 million right here in America. Would you join with me to bring this good news of Jesus Christ to Muslims? They are not very far away from the truth. Would you share the good news with Muslims? Please pray with me. Father, what a privilege for me to call you my father. I praise your mighty name. I thank you that I found you. You are a living God. There is not like you. I pray, Jesus, that if anyone here in this holy place, in your house today, if anyone who is not sure who you are, Jesus, would you touch that person right now, Lord? Father, I pray for all of us. That will be faithful to bring the good news to Muslims and to those who are around us. Do not know you, God. God, give us boldness and courage. I love you and I praise your name. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.